0: welcome listeners and happy halloween and saoween and today i have a treat a special episode just for you as usual i do special episodes for this time of the year and today it's all about ouija boards some say ouija some say ouija i'm gonna stick with ouija board now i'll dive straight into today's topic starting with a breakdown on what I'm covering. We'll be looking at what is a Ouija board? When was it first created? How it's created? Who designed it? And when did it come about? Research and unique facts regarding the Ouija board. And lastly, taking a supernatural stance, the rules of using the Ouija board, both modern and in the way that it was originally described. So let's start with what influenced and created Ouija boards. The Ouija board was born, so to speak, during the 1840s in the United States. Its creation was supercharged by the spiritual movement at the time, that grew and developed during the 1840s. This period served as the center point of where it all began, where the talking board, the old and initial term for the Ouija board, a sort of prototype as it were, served as a conduit to convene with the spirit via a planchette. Intriguing fact. The concept of using a planchette to talk to the dead is as old as 1100 AD. In China, this was called fuji, otherwise known as planchette writing, and used for necromancy or talking to spirits. Even back then, the rumblings of spiritualism were showing. And speaking of spirits and spiritualism, to understand the Ouija board's heritage and how it came to be, we need to take a dive into spiritualism. Spiritualism was kick-started by the Fox Sisters in 1848, Hydesville, New York. The Sisters supercharged this religious movement and set of beliefs into solid principles and concepts that the mainstream populace could absorb. The Fox Sisters were really responsible for spiritualism's creation and acceptance by the general public, both as a source of entertainment for some and serious consideration for those interested in that practice. Spearheaded by ghostly experiences and seances from the Fox Sisters through multiple instances of spiritual hauntings, the Fox Sisters carved a name for themselves by sharing their experiences, telling stories of their hauntings that led to mysterious wrappings and knocks from spirits in their home where demons and spirits were leaving messages on their tables and in their bedrooms. Because of the Fox Sisters, spiritualism grew immensely. So... What is Spiritualism? The movement believes that spirits of the dead do indeed move on to an afterlife, exploring concepts and ideas regarding how people can communicate to the dead, while supporting the idea that we should rely on spirits to guide us in obtaining knowledge regarding the afterlife. Alongside these beliefs, Spiritualism principles outline that talking to the dead, those in the afterlife, gives humanity a better understanding of the entity that governs the universe. Strengthening our bond to it, that it being a godlike entity, now the movement took notes and understandings from two key figures: Emanuel Swedenborg, the scientists, and Franz Mesmer, a doctor that discussed the ideas of contacting spirits, the structure of heaven and hell, and the understandings of dreams, the mind, and psychology. Their teachings would influence and guide thoughts surrounding spiritualism particularly Mesmer's learnings and techniques regarding hypnotism. And lastly, Swedenborg's thoughts regarding divinity and the consciousness created a framework for those in spiritualism to adhere to. So why on earth is this important? Because it's critical to understand the context in which the Ouija board was birthed. To understand the intentions behind the tool, how it could come to exist, and how it could still exist in modern day society. During this hotpot of Spiritualism, there came a need for regular people to take on the practice, a desire to reach out to those they love, and to find answers to questions where originally there may have been none. With over 8 million followers in the United States and Europe alone, Spiritualism gave a level of catharsis to those whose loved ones had passed on, yet never received closure, to those that sought answers from a realm unknown or were simply curious about the unanswered questions of the universe. Some, of course, sought it for entertainment purposes, while for others, it was a genuine practice, taken with the seriousness and focus of any religion. From this push and need to communicate more effectively to the afterlife, came the first prototype of tools to convene with those in the afterlife. Enter the talking board. I mean, when I ask myself... What was the original Ouija board? I dug around and found some really interesting answers. But then I stopped for a moment and thought, pre-ouija board and pre-talking boards, the question should have been not what, but who was the original Ouija board? Mediums were those people that acted as conduits, connectors from the living world to the afterlife. They were the people that served as tools to communicate from one realm to the next. This movement pushed mediums into the limelight, and would lead to the development of new tools such as turning tables to communicate to the dead. This led to large groups and attendees grabbing a table firmly, and as letters were called out, the table began to move on its own throughout the room, based on the spirit's guidance. They would have to say the letters of the alphabet aloud, and if correct, would shift the weight of the group to a corner of the room to confirm the spirit's intention, leading to the answers provided by the spirits. After this tool, another tool was created, involving a planchette. Nope, not the one we're all familiar with. This tool saw the attendees use a heart-shaped device with two wheels and a pencil at its pointed end. Attendees and groups would close their eyes and let the spirit guide them in writing, providing an avenue to the world of the living. This was highly popular due to its ease of use and would heavily influence future designs for sure. Of these two methods, mediums had mixed results. The first option with the turntable was used frequently but fell out of favour in the later years due to the time it took, the significant chance of injury, and the patience of those involved. Mediums then doubled down on the heart shaped concept and automated writing style that the heart-shaped planchette provided, moving on to the creation of symbols, maps, dial-based boards, and painted lettering to use with planchettes, again pulling them closer to the development of the Ouija board we know today. So we know that Ouija boards were born from spiritualism in the 1840s, kick-started by the Fox Sisters in 1848, and the principles and ideas regarding this movement was supported by the works of Emanuel Swedenborg and Franz Mesmer. We also now know that there were precursors in the form of rudimentary tools such as the turning table and heart-shaped planchette acting as early prototypes for the Ouija board. But what is the Ouija board itself? The original Ouija board was created in 1886 by William Fuld, reported by the New York Daily Tribune, and guess what? I've found the original article that kicked it off. I'll read through it. Now, I almost read this out in a terrible accent of what I thought those people might have sounded at the time, but I resisted. So you'll have to hear my normal Aussie accent instead. (laughs) March 28th, 1886, New York Daily Tribune. Headline, The New Planchette, a mysterious talking board and table over which Northern Ohio is agitated. Planchet is simply nowhere," said a western man at the Fifth Avenue Hotel, Compare with the new scheme for mysterious communication that is being used out in Ohio. I know of whole communities that are wild, over the talking board, as some of them call it. I have never heard any name for it, but I have seen and heard some of the most remarkable things about its operations. Things that seem to pass all human comprehension or explanation. What is the board like? Give me a pencil and I will show you. The first requisite is the operating board. It may be rectangular, about 18 by 20 inches. It is inscribed like this. The yes and the no are to start and stop the conversation. The good evening and good night are for courtesy. Now a little table 3 or 4 inches high is prepared with 4 legs. Anyone can make the whole apparatus in fifteen minutes with a jackknife and a marking brush. You take the board in your lap, another person sitting down with you. You each grasp the little table with thumb and forefinger at each corner next to you. Then the question is asked, are there any communications? Pretty soon, you think the other person is pushing the table. He thinks you are doing the same, but the table moves around to yes or no. Then you go on asking questions, and the answers are spelled out by the legs of the table, resting on the letters, one after the other. Sometimes the table will cover two letters with its feet. Some remarkable conversations have been carried on until men have become in a measure superstitious about it. I know of a gentleman whose family became so interested in playing with the witching thing that he burned it up. The same night... He started out of town on a business trip. The members of his family looked for the board and could not find it. They got a servant to make them a new one. Then two of them sat down and asked what had become of the other table. The answer was spelled out, giving a name. Jack burned it. There are, of course, any number of nonsensical and irrelevant answers spelled out, but the workers pay little heed to them. If the answers are relevant they talk them over with superstitious awe. One gentleman of my acquaintance told me that he got a communication about a title to some property from his dead brother, which was of great value to him. It is curious, according to those who have worked most with the new mystery, that while two persons are holding the table, a third person, sitting in the same room some distance away, may ask the questions without even speaking them aloud, and the answers will show They are intended for him. Again, answers will be returned to the inquiries of one of the persons operating when the other can get no answers at all. In Youngstown Canton, Warren Tiffin Mansfield, Akron Illyria, and a number of other places in Ohio, I heard that there was a perfect craze over the new planchette. Its use and operation have taken the place of card parties. Attempts are made to verify statements that are made about living persons and in some instances they have succeeded so well as to make the inquirers still more awe-stricken. This ends the report. It is interesting, raising some key points even back then. For example, perceived to be created and used on almost any surface. People tend to disregard the gibberish and keep what makes sense to them. There is separation of people from within the same room, there is a questioner of sorts, and a number of those that answer through the board on the questioner's behalf. And there is a singling out over the planchette, as a key design that draws people to the board itself, akin to that of the old dial-talking boards prior to this current design. This all before the Ouija board was even created. Early days here folks. And this is where the designs of the generic talking boards really kicked off and deviated. Now this is the beginnings of something special. And begs the question, once this craze started and really picked up, who created it and when? This of course leads me to Elijah Bond and William Fuld, two heavyweights in the world of Ouija boards. I delve straight away into the source of its design the concept and structure of a Ouija board, and the history of its ownership. And mate, there is a lot to unpack folks, I mean really, really a lot, with sources that can be highly inaccurate in some cases. So I did my best to cross-check and reference multiple materials, up to 20 plus sources for this episode. So I'll get straight to it. William Fould is cited as being THE inventor of the very first Ouija board. I'm gonna let that statement hang a bit. Because there is a lot of controversy regarding that statement. Some people say that William Fold is not the creator, that in fact, Elijah Bond on February 10th, 1891 lodged the very first patent of the Ouija board we know, and hence was indeed the creator. But let me help by putting this discord to rest. Multiple sources document that William Fold designed it originally the core concept that is, and indeed did patent it in its original form without huge differences in design. And when I mean William Fold patent it, he sure did. He had four United States patents, three US copyrights, eight US trademarks, one Canadian patent, three Canadian trademarks, one UK patent, and one UK trademark on the idea and concept of the Talk Board, which he would later call the Oracle. 21 registrations in three countries in all. So let's not beat around the bush here, this guy is the Ouija Board King, in its design and original concept. But it was Eliza J. Bond that painted the Ouija Board in name, and with its unique planchet design. Williams Fold had a planchet, but it was strictly different and operated under a different method. In fact, Elijah is responsible for the designs that we know today, with William Fuld building upon that. Let me share Elijah's original description of the Ouija board design. Ouija or Egyptian luck board. And the objects of the invention are to produce a toy or game by which two or more persons can amuse themselves by asking questions of any kind and having them answered by the device, used and operated by the touch of a hand so that the answers are designated by letters on the board. The invention consists of a board suitable thickness, having the letters of the alphabet printed, painted, engraved, or affixed upon it, in any suitable manner, but flush with the surface, and also the numerals from 1 to 0, inclusive, as well as other configurations, and in conjunction therewith of a peculiarly shaped table, having legs and a pointer, and said table operated by the hand when placed upon said board, all of which will be more fully described here and after, and specifically pointed out in the claims, reference being had to the accompanying drawings and the letters marked thereon. Patron supporters and those who hop onto my Patreon account will see these original drawings and original examples of the Ouija board, because I want to show you its original design, something that many probably haven't seen. Elijah outlines the clear design that other talking boards had. But Elijah took the ownership, and the word Ouija board itself was registered in 1891 by the Kennard Novelty Factory by Elijah Bond, in which they would then mass produce. And the story goes that Elijah's sister-in-law Helen, who was a medium, held a seance asking the board itself for its own name. She revealed it to be Ouija and told Elijah it meant good luck. Interesting note, though. Ouija means good luck in Egyptian as well. (laughs) Well, that's not true. But that's what many sources and websites report. I decided to dig deeper because that etymology of the word just didn't sit right with me. Turns out, Helen saw a locket that Peters, her husband, was wearing at the time that spelt O-U-I-D-A on its surface and said that out aloud with a slight variation. And here we have Ouija. Wacky right? When I researched this I had no idea what level of mystery and convoluted digging I'd be setting myself up for. <laughs> now this Ouija patent design was headed up by the Kennedy Factory and William Fowler brought in new designs building upon the existing design of his oracle. Williams then pushed for his own take on the Ouija board designs a wooden board base with letters and symbols etched in, and the key difference being, magnetic wires running throughout the board itself, a level of magnetism that was introduced into the board through the use of magnets and strategically placed wires. This played to the major role that magnets had in spiritualism. Adhering to the concept in that belief, In enhancing the ability of the board to contact those in the afterlife. It doesn't stipulate though that it completely guided the hands of those that used the board, but would grant the sensation that that was taking place. This is so damn fascinating, and could explain why early descriptions had people being drawn to particular letters in the 1840s, and that really in the literal sense, people were indeed physically being magnetically drawn to part of the board using the planchet, and aligning themselves with a bit of a nudge to the running wires. Just amazing. Now I could do a deep dive on just this aspect, and I can if you like. Let me know in the comments or email me. Hell, just the legal battle between William Fold and his brother Isaac Fold, the fight over how fake boards were being developed all over the place during that time, how that led to more stringent patents being brought forward by William to combat competition. Well, that is enough to work on for multiple episodes, but I don't want to take us down that rabbit hole here. So I digress. We've explored the different kinds of Ouija boards, their very designs, Ouija board origins, and reviews from the past. Now... Now I'm going to talk about the rules that govern using a Ouija board, delving into the realm of the supernatural and spiritualism. What are the rules of using a Ouija board? Well, before I begin listing them, I've combined all the modern day rules together that I could find to create an uber list of what you need to know. If I miss any, or get any details wrong, let me know. Let's go. 1. Do not use the board alone. Two. Do not taunt the board or spirits 3. You must pick one speaker for the group 4. Do not ask the spirit or spirits if they are evil or if they know when you're going to die 5. Do not let the spirit or spirits count down, go through the alphabet, or make a figure 8 6. Do not use the board in your home or in a graveyard 7. Always say goodbye once finished to close out the board Number eight, never mention god. Number nine, always place a silver item on the board whilst playing. Number ten, light white candles and cleanse your area. Number eleven, use a protection amulet if you have one. Number twelve, try to have an even number of people. Number thirteen, cast a circle with salt around you and the group. Number fourteen, do not ask for physical signs. Number fifteen. If you speak to a spirit who identifies themselves as Zozo, end the session and say goodbye. Immediately. Zozo has been identified as a malevolent spirit. Number 16. Never burn a Ouija board. This can do more damage than simply leaving it untouched in a closet. If you are having problems with a Ouija board, store the planchette and the board separately. Number 17. If you want to take a break, have one person keep their hand on the planchette to stay connected to the energy you've built. And that's the last one. I'm going to target a couple here though. Number six, do not use your board in your home. The reason being that it will limit the chance for demons to take residence in your house, or a graveyard to summon a demon without a tether to hold it in place, giving it permission to follow you home. Number seven, you must always close the session. You don't want to welcome demons to stay with you, or spirits to haunt you. Send them back. Number five, don't let the spirits count down to eight. If they are attempting it, the spirit is said to be evil. Close the session with a goodbye immediately. But that's all I could really dig up on the ones that most people agree with. So now we know the modern rules. Let's jump back to the 1840s, to the original directions written by William Fald, as they were originally intended. Ouija, trademark, regulation, Canada. Directions. Place the board upon the knees of two persons, lady and gentleman preferred, with the small table upon the board. Place the fingers lightly but firmly, without pressure, upon the table so as to allow it to move easily and freely. In from one to five minutes the table will commence to move, at first slowly then faster, and will then be able to talk or answer questions. The letters and numerals forming words and sentences will appear in the glass opening or lens of small table. Second, care should be taken that one person only should ask questions at a time, so as to avoid confusion, and the questions should be put plainly and accurately. Third, to obtain the best results, it is important that the persons at present should concentrate their minds upon the matter in question and avoid other topics. Have no one at the table who will not sit seriously and respectfully. If you use it in a frivolous spirit, asking ridiculous questions, laughing over it, you naturally get underdeveloped influences around you. Fourth, the Ouija is a great mystery and we do not claim to give exact directions for its management. Neither do we claim that at all times and under all circumstances it will work equally well, but we do claim and guarantee that with reasonable patience and judgment it will more than satisfy your greatest expectations. Fifth, the board should be kept smooth and free from dust and moisture, as all depends upon the ease with which the feet of the table can glide over the surface of the board. Rubbing with a dry silk handkerchief just before using is advised do not store in a damp place. Extra parts may be obtained direct from the manufacturer. When writing, include postage stamp for reply. To obtain the original genuine Ouija board and get best results, see the name William Fould. Baltimore, Maryland is printed across the bottom of each board. Submitted by William Fould. To close, mates, I hope you enjoyed this special Halloween episode and that I was able to bring some new information to you regarding Ouija boards that most people just don't hear about, and I wanted to share something that others could miss. Either way, you guys and gals make this so enjoyable, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on Ouija boards. I intentionally steered clear of making the suggestion of whether it is real or not, and I might cover that in another episode, (laughs) coupled with a set of creepy tales as well. In the comments though, YouTube, SoundCloud, Patreon, or email me anything I got incorrect and you want to let me know, or if you want to share your opinion with me and everyone on here, go for it. I'm eager to hear what you think. Now this episode wouldn't be possible without my White tea Warlords. Mega Matthew J. Bower, Marvelous Maya, Divided by Zero, the Awesome Hero, and I Own Cows, the Hero of Herds. A big shout out to you lovelies that keep this show cracker lacking with content. Thanks for the love, the support, and being your awesome selves. I'm lucky to have all four of you. And of course, my cohort of enforcers that keep the podcast lights glowing, Chad Warren, Just Heather, Lee Bauer, Lorraine Crisanto, Mace Joe, Paige Marcini, Peter Raffaelli, and Michael Angelo Iacone. Thank you all for your support. Have a safe and fantastic Samhain, stay brilliant, share this episode around to anyone who you think might enjoy knowing more about Ouija boards, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to stock up on candy, and as always, till next, we meet.